Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study. Tonight, we're going to look at a couple of verses in Proverbs chapter 23. In Proverbs 23... It says, beginning in verse 17, Let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of Jehovah all the day long. For surely there is an end, and thine expectation shall not be cut off. I'll stop reading there. Now, God, first of all, calls the attention of his people to... Uh, living the Christian life, and and that's what it means by being in the fear of the Lord, fear of Jehovah all the day long. And he also says, let not your heart envy sinners. And and then verse 18 mentions the the end, for surely there is an end. There is an end of life, there's an end of the world. There, there's an end of um, the the sinful things we see all around us, of sinful pleasure. There, there's an end of all these things, and therefore, don't envy sinners is basically what God is saying. It it reminds us of Psalm 73, Psalm 73, where the Lord moved. Asaph, a child of God, to write these words. He says in Psalm 73, writing under inspiration of God, in verse 1, Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped, for I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, for there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore pride compasseth them about as a chain, violence covereth them as a garment. And, and it goes on, where he's looking at the wicked of the world, the unsafe people of the earth, and noticing they're not in trouble like I'm in trouble. Like, like the child of God is in trouble. The, the true believer has additional difficulties, I, I, I think we can honestly say, than the average person of the world. We all living in this world have difficulties. We all have problems. There, there's no one who, uh, is not faced with some problems and, and and difficulties as they live this life because uh, for us all there there are things that go wrong and that's saved and unsaved alike. But the true believer must face more, more problems, more afflictions, more difficulties, and the, the Bible's clear about this. It's because. God has saved that individual 
and given them a newborn again soul and also given them a desire to identify with the word of God, the Bible. And and so from the point of salvation, it, it could even begin uh, or could have begun to be a problem before the point of salvation. But especially at the point of salvation, the one God saved is translated out of the kingdom of Satan and darkness and into the kingdom of God's dear son and and viewed, although not stated, as a traitor, as someone who has betrayed the world and betrayed uh, the the people of the world, someone who now is the enemy of Satan and his kingdom, the people of the world, or or those that live in darkness, and and now there will be opposition. First of all, for the one God has saved. There's opposition within his own person because his flesh has not yet been saved. And so there's a struggle within that individual between the new soul desirous to do the will of God and the old flesh, the physical body, that there's been no uh, performance of salvation and so it continues the lust after sin. The flesh wants to sin, the soul wants to obey God and keep his commandments. And and so uh, there there's uh urges that that are very grievous and and vexing to the believer and sometimes he falls into sin and this is even worse because although that pleases the flesh he is grieved in spirit. He's very sorrowful now for his sin. And, and so there's periods where, uh, there, there's a struggle and that's uncomfortable to struggle within yourself to want something on one hand and to try and, and, uh, turn from that very same thing on the other hand. And then when you go after that particular sinful pleasure and grab a hold of it before perhaps when you were one whole personality, one whole sinner in both body and soul, you could at least enjoy it to some degree. But now, almost immediately, almost right away, there's conscience about it. There's, there's, um, heartache and, and, and sorrowful spirit. Uh, oh, what have I done? What have I done? And, and so from the uncomfortable position, of first of all battling whether I'm going to do it or not, and then when, once done the uncomfortable uh, position of sorrowing because you did it, and then back again uh, turning from it as the Holy Spirit leads, and and we realize oh I can't do that, and and yet there might be the next thing and the next thing and the next thing ongoing constant trouble within and on top of that without without because now the the true believer is going towards the truth of the word of god more and more and and listening more and because of that new soul he 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 can't get enough it it's his it's his spiritual drink it's his spiritual food and uh, even though at times he might 
try to get away, he cannot. He keeps coming back. And the more he listens, the more sin he sees in himself. And the more he realizes he must follow the things he's hearing. And the Bible uh, calls for action. God warns against being um, uh, uh, just a, a hearer only. That's like looking at yourself in the mirror and then turning away and forgetting what manner of man you are. No, you can't be a hearer only. You have to be a doer of the word of God. And God's spirit convicts the individual if he for a while just wants to be a, a listener, a hearer, without actually doing. But again, he begins to be grieved because that's just the same as when he pursues a sinful pleasure. Now he's grieved in spirit because he's not doing good or positive things. He's not actively pursuing or keeping the commandments of God. He's hearing about Sunday the Sabbath. He's hearing about marriage and divorce. He's hearing about this law of God and that law of God. And he he hears and understands this is true. This is what the Bible teaches. And he must be in submission to it. And, well, uh, he, he for instance, he learns Sunday's God's holy day. Yet, sometimes he used to work on Sunday. Now, he, he no longer works on Sunday. And this maybe has caused trouble at work, or caused trouble at home. And, and then, previously, he used to go to the football game on Sunday with his friends. But now, he, he can't go to the football game anymore on Sunday, because God says, remove your foot from my holy day. And, and again, the, the friends are wondering what's going on with him. He's not the same. And, and then maybe the drinking has to stop and or the smoking or and more and more he's being conformed to the image of Christ and the more he is conformed to the image of Christ the more the world will hate him because they hated Christ and marvel not uh, the Bible tells us if the world hates you they hated me before they hated you and that's what the Lord Jesus said and and a form of hatred is separation, turning away from. And, and people will begin to do that. Just more and more, as the child of God lives his life, there's trouble. There's trouble. There's affliction. There might even be attacks spiritually if he gets to the point of carrying the word of God in track form or sharing the word of God with others. And, and now he could be, um, called names and reviled and, and, and just, it, it doesn't let up. It doesn't let up while we're in this world. So no wonder Asaph is a type. He was a true believer, but he's also picturing all true believers who takes a glance over to the people of the world. And yes, yes, they get physically sick like like the child of God could get physically sick. And they have money problems also. And, and yet we all share those. But what they don't have 
is the spiritual struggle because within they're in unity with themselves, both in body and soul they lust after sin. Without, they're in accord with the way of the world. The spiritual forces of the world are directing mankind in the direction of the broad way that leads to destruction. You continue along that path, you'll get along fine. And it's only when you try to go the narrow way that, that there will be difficulties with the world. And and so he looks out and, and well, they look at ease. They look so comfortable. And it, it looks so nice to see people of the world love others of the world. And, and they're not in trouble like I am. They're not afflicted like I am. Well... This was uh, Asaph's sin. He was envious at the foolish when he saw the prosperity of the wicked. And how much more today when when the world has uh, been granted tremendous riches uh, compared to generations past as God really has given man uh, his heart's desire. He, he's uh, filling his his belly with all the riches, he'll soon vomit them up. But but God is giving man, uh, sure, have the world, have the world, it'll soon be gone. So have as much of the world as, as you desire or or can partake of, and you'll see that that even if you had the whole world, ultimately it's nothing. And what does a man? Uh, what is a man profit if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Well, soon though, because Asaph is a child of God, God directs his attention to a very important topic, and that is the end. In Psalm 73, it says in verse 16, When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. If we take our eyes off Christ, off the Word of God, and we put it on our neighbor, or the one across the street, or the one on the TV, and we put it on the people of the world, and the things that the world is putting out there, the the presentation of the world is all very attractive and alluring, and it's always the flower in bloom. It's... It's never the withered flower. It's all wonderful in the world. And and as soon as that uh, individual turns 30 or 40 and begins to get a few wrinkles, they just shove them out of the forefront of attention and find another young person to put in their stead. And, oh, you see, everything's fine. Everything is beautiful and young and attractive like the flower in bloom. And, and it goes on and on. The lie continues. It, 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 it never ceases. The, the shining bright lights, uh, are there to deceive. And mankind is a willing recipient of the deception. Man has that desperately wicked heart and it doesn't take much to deceive him because he, he desires deceitful things. But, here it says, even though it was looking at the world was painful for Asaph, the child of God, until, verse 17, I went into the sanctuary of God 
Then understood I their end. And, and that's the same word, end, as in Proverbs 23.18. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou castest them down into destruction. How are they brought into desolation as in a moment? They are utterly consumed with terrors as a dream when one awaketh. So, O Lord, when thou awakest, thou shalt despise their image. Thus my heart was grieved, and it was pricked in my reins. So foolish was I and ignorant, I was as a beast before thee. Well, here we see that Asaph comes to realize his foolishness. Oh, how foolish, how ignorant I was. I I allowed myself to be deceived. The world got me, in other words. When I took my eyes off of the truth of the word of God and, and I looked at the world, I fell for it. I, I, I was ensnared and, and it, it's so alluring uh, and you can just fall right into the trap and, and the whole uh, business of seeking after temporal finite things and after sinful pleasure and, and and yet you're you're being a fool and asaph says i was a fool and ignorant to be ignorant is to lack understanding until i looked into the sanctuary of god then understood i their end and first of all it's necessary to realize there is an end there is an end there, there is an end to an individual person's life. Isn't that true? In, in every case, every human being, everyone now alive presently at this time, aren't we all going to die physically? Will we not all die if Christ were to tarry for any uh, significant length of time? Yes, every human being, every human being now alive will surely die. What about all the human beings that were alive in the days of Asaph? If we go back thousands of years, where are those people? Where are the ones that Asaph was looking at when when he glanced at them and his own life was full of trouble and struggles and and he just looked up and looked around and oh, these people are at ease. They have it better they, than me. I'm always in trouble. Where are those people? Well, every single one of them died many, many centuries ago. And if they died unsaved, and there's a good likelihood the vast majority of them did, then they went to the grave and they ceased to exist. They have no conscience existence of any kind. The only thing left might be some, some, uh, dust of, of, of their physical body uh, that, that's in the ground somewhere. And that dust will be raised on the last day only to be destroyed, annihilated forevermore. That's it. They're gone. And all the things that they 
sought after and lusted after are gone with them. They know them no more. Uh, the good meals they had, gone. The, the loving family, gone. The things they made, the things they thought were, uh, were exciting and, and things that brought them joy, gone. Everything is gone. And it's been gone for many, many centuries. And you see, that, that's just one level of understanding their end. Yes, man is going to die. Man is going to die. And, and the word of the Lord endureth forever. The kingdom of heaven goes on eternally. God is almighty God, infinite God from everlasting past and, and extends into eternity future. He, he is life himself and he has granted his people eternal life. There is where I need to concentrate. There is where I need to keep my eyes on the kingdom of heaven because there is life. And as we read in second Corinthians, this is really what Asaph came to realize in second Corinthians chapter 4 it says in verse 16 for which cause we faint not but though our outward man perish yet the inward man is renewed day by day for our light affliction and and that would be all those things i mentioned earlier the struggle within the struggle without and and even added all the the um common uh, afflictions of life in this world, of, of, uh, physical disease and so forth. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. There, there is understanding therein. The end of temporal things, the, the end of um, an individual's life, and comparing that to eternal things, things that are not seen with the naked eye, but they are real and exist, and yet they are eternal. They, they are more glorious. They are an exceeding greater weight of glory. They, they, are more valuable, uh, a greater treasure by far. And, and this is what the Word of God directs the mind of the child of God to. Put your thoughts on things above. Keep your eyes on things above. And we do that whenever we put them down to the pages of the Bible because the Bible comes down from above. It, it is the word of God above. It tells us of heavenly things. So as we think about the Bible, we're thinking as we should think. We're, we're placing our mind's eye where it should be placed. And, and so this is what Asaph was reminded of. He just turned away his attention for a little bit. And all of a sudden, he was envious and and uh, lustful. He wanted the things that the people of the world had have, and and he wanted the ease, especially of their life. 
And, and yet, he didn't want their end. He didn't want their end at all. And this is what God is saying in Proverbs 23, back in verse 17. Let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of Jehovah all the day long, for surely there is an end, and thine expectation shall not be cut off. It does not say, we hope there's an end, or as we look at all the Bible, uh, we would say that, yes, um, an end is probably coming. No, surely there is an end. This is an absolute declaration from the God of the Bible, from God who knows the end from the beginning, and and he knows when that day will be, and and knowing that, he has written the Bible from that eternal perspective of knowing the end from the beginning as well as all things into eternity future. And so he writes in a matter-of-fact way. For surely there is an end. There is an end. That is absolutely true. There is an end to an individual's life. And, and all previous history has shown that, but there is also an end to the world. The world is not eternal. Do you think the world is eternal? Well, no. No, you don't think that. And, and I don't think that. But even though we don't think it with our mind, do, do we sort of have that feeling? Do we sort of have that idea within us that that the world just will continue it will just go on it you know that's what many people of the world fully believe and that's why it's so ridiculous and and such a thing they think worthy of mocking for anyone to seriously say that there is an end and 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 that statement really is legs are put to it when we say October seventh, twenty fifteen is that likely in? Well, then they they look at it and they say, "Are you kidding? This world has been here for a long time." And of course, with evolution, they they believe it's been here for billions of years, and they'll say it'll be here for billions more. In other words, they're saying it's eternal. It is forever. Deep down, many people have that feeling. They, they just have the feeling it will never end. They, it's uh, similar to the idea many people have that they're never going to die. They know people die. People die all the time. But somehow, they, they just, uh, it, it doesn't come across to them in, in any kind of significant way that they themselves will one day die. And, and therefore people live as though they have eternal life, as though they're going to live forever in this world. They're making plans for the future and, and, and it doesn't seem to, um, knock any sense into them when their neighbors are, are all dying. 
and and they made plans also it doesn't register somehow and this may be due to the original creation that god created the world good and man good and if mankind had maintained faithfulness and obedience man would have lived forever and this world would have continued forever and perhaps there's a vestige of that idea still within the the human being that he he thinks this creation is going to be here and and man upon it without end and, and no not according to the bible not according to the bible to the word of god the the almighty the all-knowing god of the bible says surely there is an end thanks for joining us for e-bible fellowship's evening bible studies you can hear these studies monday through friday over pal talk skype e-bible fellowship's webcast audio or over your phone For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.